when people ask how I'm really trying to like evaluate a coffee, like I'll do a nice pour over. A Chemex or V60 is kind of my go-to because it does do a good job of straining out some of the oils and you get a good extraction. Plus, yeah, you can really just pull out the flavors in a better way without the oils kind of affecting your palate. From Mobile Coffee, this is Coffee 101. I'm Kenneth Thomas, and every week my coffee friends and I are doling out basically the best coffee knowledge that you can find out there in the coffee verse. So if you're new to the show, make sure you hit that special fancy follow button and uh, your education level is going to plus. Today on the show, we are talking about all things filters. We're going to talk about coffee filters with Ryan Bledsoe of Frothy Monkey Coffee Company. They're kind of everywhere, but um, I would say they're kind of mainly based in Nashville. Yeah, I've been to one before. Yeah? I was a lot younger, though. Yeah, like a lot younger, like 7 or 17 or... Probably like... 10. Yeah. I don't know. Did you have a cup of coffee? I'm sure that I thought I did, but it was probably something like with lots of sugar and creamer in it. And I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) this is coffee. I'm so cool. No, it probably wasn't. But I mean, I probably had a sip of yours. You probably got like the good kind. Yeah. And uh, it probably gave you the little caffeine buzz. Uh And no, the, I can't live without it. At the end of the day, at Humble Coffee, we would say, if you like your coffee, then thumbs up. It's a good cup of coffee. That, yeah, so, that's great. Yeah. And I mean, I was the same way when I started. Oh, you're talking about like no matter like how you drink it? Yeah. No I matter thought how you were you drink just it. saying like if you like your coffee, that's great. And I was like, yeah, that, that is a good thing. I'm, I'm glad that they like yeah. The coffee. Okay, well, so you're saying like how they do it, like black or with sugar and creamer in it? Yeah. Or, okay, I got you. Yes. So, and I mean, honestly, I was the same way when I uh, originally was introduced to coffee. It was what I would call creamer and sugar uh-huh. with a little bit of coffee in it. Uh, we love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it tasted more kind of like what I would think of like a hot chocolate. Yes. Almost. Yes. And so... Um, my first experience with coffee was when I would go with my, um, it was like a group of girls we did, like, we met together every, like, Tuesday morning, like, every single week. Right. And we would go get coffee, and I would always get, like, a Frappuccino. Yeah. At, like, wherever we used to go, we used to go to, like, Starbucks and, like, one of the local coffee shops, and I would always get, like, Frappuccino, and I would think I was so cool. I would be like, yeah, this is coffee. You were cool. Like, yeah, I mean, it was good. They're yeah. still good. I mean. Yeah. No shame, I still get them. Right. Yeah, so. no shame. Um, any any opinion? Do you have any strong opinions on coffee filters? That's what we're going to be talking about today. No, well, no strong opinions. I don't have lots of strong opinions about stuff, but when I do, they are strong. But, like, on filters specifically, not really if they get the job done. But yeah. also, like, I've used some coffee filters before that were tragic, and everything just ran through and it was just like not you I mean don't know. you mean tragic as in like you felt like it ran through too fast yeah okay so it could have been the filter yeah it could have also been it could have been like 
coffee could have been ground to coarse. Yeah. There's all kinds of stuff that it could have been. It could have been the water temperature. And so that's the beauty of today is today Yay. we have Ryan Bledsoe with Frothy Monkey. And uh, he is going to help me explain just the nuances between different filters and why it's so important. And mm-hmm. there's a lot. So let's jump to the episode with Ryan. Ryan, good to have you on the show. Yeah, great to be here, Kenneth. All right, so we were talking before the show, and you are one of the rare few in that you are actually from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, one of the few. Uh, I get called a unicorn or a white elephant or, you know, (laughs) something that's hard to find. Yes, I feel like, you know, it's the same way with uh, Texas. Um, You know, it's hard to be from Texas. The people who are from Texas, they make sure you know that they're from Texas. But I feel like, you know, you've got to be like seven generations in before they'll say, okay, okay, you can say you're from Texas. (laughs) Right, yeah. Uh, Nashville's not quite that bad. But, yeah, we're we're proud when we're from here. But we have so much influence of people that, um, yeah, it's so uh, multicultural now, which is great. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, just out of curiosity, which is has nothing to do with the actual episode today, but do do you feel like with, so Nashville, you and I both know, and a lot of our one-on-oneers out there, is growing like gangbusters. Um, do you feel like there's a challenge to like have a, um, a, a genuine or an authentic community or how? Ha- how do you see that kind of play out just in the town itself, but also in you're you're with Frothy Monkey, um, mm-hmm. you know, the cafes there um, and other places. But I don't know. I'm just curious. How does that play out? Yeah, that's um, it is interesting. I hear it talked about a lot about Nashville. What is its identity now? What is it turning into or how do we retain what people originally loved about Nashville, but, you know, really, you know, our cafes, we call it like we're community centers essentially. Mm. And where each cafe has its own vibe, depending on the neighborhood it's in around town. So, uh, yeah, I think that's the fun part. I mean, we get tourists from all over the place. So you have that aspect of it, but then you have locals, um, you know, in certain areas we're in some are more eclectic some are more uh higher income earning and some are just like straight downtown almost 100 percent tourists Mm. so yeah i think it makes it very interesting but each neighborhood really has its own culture it's not just the city as a whole yeah now um well that's interesting and we'll get into a little later at the tail end of the show um you know that y'all have cafes there but not just there um also in chattanooga knoxville and birmingham Mm. Um, but today, I want to talk about filters when it comes to coffee. And I'll be honest with you, um, as I was doing research for this, because I was thinking, ah, this will be like a quick, you know, it'll be a challenge to find stuff. It was a way more interesting topic than I originally, you know, thought it was going to be. Yeah, you can really get in the weeds when you yeah. start looking at all this information. Well, um, Kind of one of the biggest things, and we'll we'll bounce around a little bit, um, but when you're talking about filtering your coffee, uh, I would say the biggest three are going to be paper filters, which most of us 
pretty much all of us are used to versus mm-hmm. metal, and we'll get into that, versus what I would call um, unfiltered. Um, kind of tell me, I mean, wh- what's your favorite go-to and, and why, and do you think it makes a difference in the cup? Sure. And Yeah, I, you know, yeah, filter is the standard. Um, I mean, I'll go ahead and we can start with, like, paper, because that, to yeah. me, when people ask and how I'm really trying to like evaluate a coffee, like I'll do a nice pour over a Chemex or V60 is kind of my go-to because it does do a good job of straining out some of the oils and you get a good extraction. Plus, yeah, you can really just pull out the flavors in a better way without the oils kind of affecting your palate. Yeah. You know, and uh, when we're talking about the oils, so like, for example, with a paper filter, the oils, they're fancy things called diterpenes um, that, and the two specifically are cafe style and Kawaiol. And for a paper filter, the actual, uh, we'll say microns of, of like, like what can get through, it's the most resistant thing when you compare that to metal or unfiltered. And so the, the oils or the fats tend to not get through a paper filter. Um, and so specifically what Ryan's talking about is what I would call clarity. So clarity and brightness in the cup. You tend to, when you get the oils and when you even get some some sediment or what we would call fines, and you could go back to the extraction episode and the grinding episode when we talked about fines or they're the tiniest little little particles of coffee grounds, you get those come through if it's a metal filter um, or, of course, if you don't have anything at all. And so those those tend to give you what we would call more back end, so like body and mouth feel. But if you're trying to separate out like, okay, well, how does this cup compare to this cup or where does sweetness come in and fruitiness and stuff like that, then, yeah, I think um, – a paper filter is probably the definitely the better way to go there. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just yeah, complexity. Like you're especially when you're using, you know, higher end coffees, um, you you're getting it because of the complexity of it. So you wouldn't really want to use a method that kind of takes away from that ability to perceive the complexity. Right. And um, you know, when we're looking at paper filters and thinking okay well traditionally you know where are those used and you can actually if you think about it you can also use use metal um, Mm -hmm. with a lot of these maybe not all of these but your traditional drip coffee we would say like a sca certified brewer um kalita wave hario v60 chemex which are all pour overs and aeropress um have you ever used a metal filter for any of those? You know, I've I was tempted to buy I think it's Cone or somebody like that that sells those like Chemex metal filters. Um, mm. Mainly for the purpose, there was a time where Chemex filters were hard to get. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, maybe I'll just get a metal filter. But um, but again, the filter was why I wanted that. So I just I never have. Have you? I have. So I've used um, you know metal for. Um, Aeropress before, mm-hmm. and I don't think I have for Kalita Wave or Hardo V60. Um, I have used for drip. Um, I have used 
no, I don't think I have used for Chemex. Um, and so, you know, metal filters come in most of the time either aluminum or stainless steel, and you can actually get gold plated. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not a hundred percent sure what the benefits or or the advantage or disadvantage of any of those are. Do you know? I mean, I would assume it's the same as if you're using like plastic versus ceramic. It's all about heat retention would be my guess. Yeah, maybe so. Um, so that's the only thing I can imagine. Yeah. And so uh, another thing to think about um, when you're thinking about, and again, we haven't even talked about unfiltered, but when you're thinking about paper versus metal, you know, if, if you're, you know, environmentally, you know, like, we've got to do, you know, what's going to have the least impact. The least impact right, technically right. is probably going to be your um, your reusable metal filter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a quick second would, you know, be the paper biodegradable disposable right. um, filter. Um, but then interestingly, you have what I would call brown versus white filters, Um do you have, do you specifically, Ryan, have a, have a preference um, or, well, and also we'll talk about, can we tell a difference in the taste? Right, right. Yeah, I, I mean, at home, I use the brown ones. Yeah. Um, but I mean, all things being equal, like, I don't feel like I get a taste difference between the, the white and the brown filters. I don't feel like there's an additional paper taste mm-hmm. um, with the non-bleach filters. Um, so that doesn't really go into play. So again, I just, just get the standard non-bleached at home, but because we like the ones we use in the cafes, they're all white filters just cause that's the only color they come in for yeah. batch brew and fleet wave that we have. Yeah, that's very true. I didn't even think about that, that sometimes depending on what we're using, it may be the only color it comes in, but one thing to think about, and I would say the majority of filters for home and for um, the shop are white or they're bleached, but at least think about not you specifically, Ryan, but our one on ers out there, but at least think about that. Usually they're bleached, um, with chlorine. Um, there are some natural oxygen ways to do it. I think Melita, uh, filters, um, use that more natural way. Um, but, but they, they are using chemicals. And so then, then you got to figure out, okay, the bigger picture, like why, and I don't know the answer to this, um, like why, you know, do we prefer, you know, that that white filter versus just a natural brown, unless it's the taste, which I can't, I can't tell a difference. I mean, that would be my guess is the reason why they would do it, because why, why would you add an additional step unless you felt like there was reason to? So yeah. my guess is that most people think they're getting more of that maybe cardboard papery taste transferred. Yeah. Um, but then we just tell people to pre-wet your filter and <laughs> with hot water and it'll eliminate any chance of that anyways. We'll be right back. You're listening to Coffee 101 brought to you by Humble Coffee. Hey, 101ers, Kenneth here. If you want to support the show, if you're enjoying it, the way that you can support us is to buy Humble Coffee. We don't do sponsorship spots. Uh, we're just basically brought to you by Humble Coffee. 
and we love doling out the education and uh, going on humblecoffee.com that's U-M-B-L-E coffee.com is a great way to support us just buy a bag uh, or buy a sampler and just taste some of the great coffees that they have roasting there all right now let's get back to the show with Ryan Bledsoe of Frothy Monkey do you pre-wet and and one of wonders out there when we're talking about that what we're talking about is if if you have like let's say a Chemex or Hario V60 um, before you put the grounds in the actual filter we're talking about wetting the filter and letting that water go through and then pouring that water out um, an interesting experiment if you want to do this at home is try a cup that has just the water in it and a cup that has some of that um, pre-filter water in it. I can tell a difference in in those two cups. Um, have you ever done that or what are your thoughts? I mean, we've definitely done some palate development just as far as, because coffee can have paper cardboard taste in it based on the age. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, and some, so there, we did that to kind of figure out what does cardboard taste like in coffee? What does paper? Um, I, th- I would say it is harder when you have coffee mixed in with the water. But yeah, if you're doing just the water, it's you can easily tell that there is a hint of that paper cardboardy taste. Yeah, and now I will say, and maybe I just don't have a super fine palate, but uh, when I have also done it, where I then compare a cup of coffee where I didn't pre-wet and I did pre-wet. All thing, all other things being equal, and and I personally cannot tell the difference. Yeah, me neither. In the cup, so that's another thing to think about. So, so if you're doing it, so this is a big point. So if if Ryan, who is he, he has a younger nose and palate for this stuff than I do, uh, if he and I can't tell a difference in the cups, then if you're pre-wetting f- for the final cup taste, you may not be able to tell a difference. But if if you're doing it to maybe wash some of that um, that chemical process, you know, out of the filter, then I think that's fair. I mean, you can still pre-wet it, and we still do it, and we do it for when we do competitions. Um, yeah. And so part of it is, are we doing it because we have a specific reason or are we doing it because that's the way it's always been done? Uh, yeah. There's a lot of that in coffee. <laughs> yeah. So that we've had to weed out just bad practices because there was no point. Right. I'm with you though. I, I think there's no point adding anything to the coffee that is unwanted. So right. even if it's trace amounts, let's go ahead and eliminate it. But, yep. but then, yeah, there's the other end that we're also preheating our vessels that we're putting everything in anyway. So that it's kind of a dual purpose. So you're, Yes, you are pre-wetting the filter, but you're doing it also for multiple reasons. Okay, so that, and I've forgotten about that, but that's a great point for pre-wetting is that you're, that's helping to preheat your actual vessel. And so if you're preheating your vessel, then you, when you're actually doing your pours, you're keeping you're you're standing a better chance of keeping that temperature range between that 195 and 205 that you want 
for that optimal extraction. So I, I would say, and I'd forgotten about that, but I'd say if you are pre-wetting, that's probably one of the biggest things for me as far as why you would do that. No, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, total tangent, but before we get off paper, paper filters, can you use them, and this is kind of like a, I don't know if you call it make do or whatever question or comment, but can you use paper filters more than once? And the answer is yes, um, but there's only so far that you can use it. And, you know, your cup quality is going to probably go down because, you know, a lot of those, we'll say, little filter holes are going to be clogged. And so you're going to have a slower pour the next time, which means you're going to risk a little over extraction. But if you're in a tight um yes you can use a paper filter again yeah yes. not recommended probably but yeah you yeah. do what you got to do sometimes <laughs> that's right that's right yeah um, and i know i've i remember there was a time people used cloth filters to try yeah. to save young paper but those i feel like it's the worst of the metal paper i feel like cloth is to me is the least desirable flavor yeah yeah, yeah. um we actually back in the day um, we did an experiment and I don't think we still have the video of this. And so I probably just need to redo it, but we did a, okay, you're in your house and you've ran out of filters. What can you use to filter your coffee with? And we used paper towels. We used toilet paper. We used just, it ended up being four or five things, but it was, you know, whatever you could find in the house. Right. Um, a sock. <laughs> yeah. And so like I think we did, I think we used like a white t-shirt. Um, as one oh, of yeah, ours. that'd probably be decent. Yeah. And so um, it was It was interesting. It was fun. <laughs> so if you have a cheesecloth, that might work too. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know how many people have cheesecloths. Yeah, that's, that was going to be my next thought is, um, yeah, I don't have a cheesecloth. I, uh, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, let's we'll shift gears a little bit. We've been talking or alluding to metal filters, and we talked about – the coffee fats or oils that that do come through uh, you can actually if if you're looking at your cup of coffee um, and you've used a metal filter you'll see like a sheen um, on the top and that's actually the fats um, that are just kind of floating on top you know the same way if you have a big old bowl of um, unhealthy chili um, that has lots of fat in it once it cools you know those fats are going to um, kind of come to the top. So they're there and that's what that is. Um, and a lot of people ask about health when it comes to metal filters and these fats, because there is technically a risk for increasing cholesterol levels, um, with this, but I will say, um, and I've said before, and um, we've gone over, if you go back and look at the episodes we have on coffee and health, um, that that elevation in, that potential elevation in cholesterol is not significant when you compare, well, period, but also when you compare it to the overall health benefits of a cup of coffee itself. So don't be scared to use a metal filter um, because of that. So just wanted to throw that out there. Any thoughts? No, I think that's, yeah, they're discovering more and more health benefits of coffee, which 
is always good for business, but I, you know, and the fact that we drink a lot of it. So I'm yeah. glad to know that, uh, it's good for us. Um, but yeah. And also, I mean, you're a roaster, so you would probably know way more about this than me, but, um, just as far as like bringing out more of the oils by roasting longer to just yeah. release more of the oils into the coffee. So I would assume that lighter roasts, if you're using a metal filter may not extract as many oils. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's possible. It depends on how much extraction you're getting because mm-hmm. um, even if the oils come out to the surface on the darker roast, um, they that temperature range between light to dark doesn't make a big, big difference on, um, I guess, what comes out. And, mm-hmm. but, now, but now if you have a coarse ground coffee, and you're not extracting all the way through, then yes, for a lighter roast, you're going to get less of those fats, if that makes sense. Yeah, so for something like a French press, yeah, where you're grinding it pretty coarse. Right, right. And thinking of, and talking about French press, you know, traditional ways that use a metal filter would be like French press and espresso, um, and then there are others, but those are a couple that, that kind of quickly come to mind mm-hmm. okay yeah, which i love both of those so i mean i yeah. did say pour overs is my go-to but you know i do espresso every week too so yeah yeah i love a good just double shot espresso with a kind of a to me like a medium roast um mm-hmm. coffee i i've i will drink it with a lighter roast um mm-hmm. sometimes depending on how light it is it's a little too fruity for me but what do y'all use on your uh, at Frothy Monkey, like on the bar, like For roast espresso. level. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing kind of a medium to dark. Yeah. Um, we actually just last year launched a new espresso blend because it was purely selfishly that, you know, Daniel, the head roaster, and I wanted something that just did better with the whole milk that we use from a local dairy farm. And then, you know, of course we're adding a lot of syrups a lot of times. So we needed a coffee that balanced with everything. Um, and really a medium to dark is where you want to stay with that. Yeah. Um, that being said, we do have a grinder for single origin espresso for those who want it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, let's talk about, um, unfiltered coffee, um, to kind of wrap things up. Uh, Turkish coffee, they use this really cool thing called an Ibrik. Um, we'll probably have a show coming up uh, in this season on Turkish coffee. And they grind it grind it really fine, and it, it, it stays in the actual cup. Um, when we cup coffee, and 101ers, you know what that is because you've already heard that episode, um, which is just basically us tasting coffee. Uh, that technically is unfiltered. Cowboy coffee, which is you're just boiling a big old pot and it's over fire and then, you know, you're putting it in there and then some of it settles in, some of it doesn't, some of it's in your cup. Um, That would be unfiltered. Can you think of any others, Ryan? Those are just some off the top of my head. No, those would be the, the only three that I would really ever see anyone using unfiltered for. Yeah. Um, uh, we did think about getting one of those giant cowboy coffee pots just to see if we could come up with a good recipe for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, 
I would still drink it. Um, it might not be my favorite cup no, of coffee, but, but I do find it interesting that, you know, we hold a lot of our standards for the coffee industry on coffee cupping, you know, mm-hmm. which is, which would be, you know, unfiltered, but the, um, a lot of the lighter roasts where you and I are doing, uh, cupping, uh, once you, what we call break the crust, a lot of it you know, just kind of drops down and settles into the bottom, um, you know, so it's not really, it doesn't, I don't think it affects that much, um, you know, the actual sipping of the coffee itself. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, cupping is the primary way that I do unfiltered coffee pretty much every day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that we're talking about, you know, pour over being the way to really bring out the complexity and stuff. And, then we show people cuppings and we're yeah. saying, this is how we evaluate coffee yeah. uh, and we do grading scales and like, here's how professionals do this. And they're like, well, if that's not the best way to extract the coffee, how are you having a educated conversation based on the unfiltered method? Right. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I'm sure in that episode, you know, it's just a way we evaluate without needing specialized equipment. And it's just to get a good picture of the coffee. Yeah. Well, and I don't know what y'all do there, but we at Humble Coffee, we have kind of a variation, you know, on that that's more that straight up drip Mm -hmm. uh, coffee because we're trying to have flavor notes or tasting notes and things like that that the actual consumer would have. Um, Mm -hmm. And but I know every every coffee company is different as far as how they do that. Yeah, we get, usually get a group of, I don't know, about three to four people. Um, we do a cupping and a pour-over yeah. um, just to kind of get a full picture of extraction. Yeah. And then we just kind of put our brains together to see what commonalities we're getting between flavor notes. Gotcha. Well, the last thing I wanted to touch on is you have different shapes of filters, and there are reasons for that. So when you're looking at, we'll just take a um, Kalita Wave, which is a flat bottom filter versus a Horio V60 or a Chemex, which would be kind of a cone or a V-shaped filter. All other things being equal, um, you're going to, we'll say, extract more from a cone filter everything else being equal than you are from a flat bottom filter. The other way, the other fancy way that we would say that is that your TDS total dissolved solids is going to be higher in the cone filtered coffee compared to the flat bottom coffee. So just something random to think about. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, we, uh, I think that's why I like the cone of the V60 or the Chemex because I am pulling more of the coffee out yeah, um, because it's going through one, one hole. So, you know, the water almost all has to pass through all of the coffee. Whereas, you know, the Kalita has three different holes at the bottom where water is able to escape. And so it may not touch as much of the coffee and may not extract as much. Yeah. You know, it's and, all about, yeah, being able to touch the coffee. Yeah. Another cool thing um, is when you see, those those waves on on the actual coffee filter um and our one on can't see it but i'm making like little zigzag you know motions to ryan here 
that actually part or all of that is is an engineering thing in that it's 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 an ins, insulating layer um, because you're you're basically it's trying to create an air gap between your hot water and whatever the temperature of your vessel is. So think about it as having like one sheet of tin um, as what separates you from the outside world and there's a 30 degree temperature difference versus having, um, you know, a, a stud wall where there's, even if there's not insulation in there, there's an air gap. Um, you're going to have a, the, the temperature differential and how it quickly changes or doesn't quickly change is, is going to be different. So mm-hmm. that's kind of yeah, cool. We, we always teach, we do Kalita waves at the cafes and, you know, I teach people if the, if the wave part of it, if the zigzag part of it is damaged while you're trying to remove the filter from the package, just use a new filter because yeah. you're, you're messing with the ability for the coffee to do everything you just said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another way you could do it is, is you could say, okay, well, what if it's damaged and it's your last filter, then I would just make sure that your, your vessel that you're using for the pour over is just fairly hot or, you know, mm-hmm. warmed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of the shop, so you are, would you say kind of head educator or? Yeah, I'm the head of coffee education for our okay. eight cafes. Okay. And so they, anybody can find if they're in Nashville, Chattanooga, Knoxville, all those in Tennessee or Birmingham in Alabama in the United States, they can stop by one of frothy monkeys shops they can stop by all right uh, we are an old all day cafe and you know breakfast or dinner coffee in the morning beer wine cocktails at night yeah so i think uh as a as a kind of little quip um i think you told me start with coffee and with cocktails yeah so you're an all day all day yeah just uh, our owner when he went to europe he just saw these cafes where you could come in, you could get a coffee, or if you wanted, you could get a little bit of wine and yeah. maybe some food. And that was kind of his inspiration for building what Frothy has now become. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I know that um, y'all are a leader there, um, especially in Tennessee uh, and in a very influential city in, in mm-hmm. Nashville specifically. Um, and uh uh, wish you the best as y'all continue to to grow, and I thank you for thank coming you. on the show today. Yeah, I appreciate it, Kenneth. It's been good. All right, so now you know about filters. Definitely more smart than I was before. Yes, most smarter. More, well, how do you say that? Definitely smarter. Smarter. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> most smarter. <laughs> That's my bad. It's been a long week. Guys. Smarter. It's finals week. Yes, and so, um, yeah, I mean, even like if you look at just simply the difference in having a, a paper filter versus a metal filter and the oils that come through with the metal filter uh-huh. that uh, kind of give it a little extra oomph, I would say, on the creaminess, but also yeah. the body of the cup yeah. of coffee. My favorite thing about this podcast is honestly like, how in depth we go to each tiny minuscule different part of yeah. the pro- blah, 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 the coffee process uh-huh. because like 
you're never going to be like, oh, my gosh, I got to use the right filter unless right. you, like, know that there's a right filter to use. Well, yeah, and that's thing the good kettles thing. that we talked about last week. Yeah, and so, yeah, and that's the good thing of, like, doing these little snippets because somebody may not be curious about their filter, Mm-mm. but then if they're like, I'm doing this and this and this right, this right but it's still not turning out, uh-huh. then, you know, then they'll be like, what else could it be? And they yeah, peruse like you, through the you, episode names, and they're like, oh, maybe it's the filter. You never know, like, how good something can be until you do it. Right. The, I mean, enhance it. Yeah, do and it you're right like, way. boom. Like, oh, my gosh, I works. never realized this could be so good. Right. Well, you're welcome. Now it can. All right, thanks, guys, for listening to Coffee 101 brought to you by Humble Coffee today. I was joined by the beautiful Katie in-house, and uh, we talked to Ryan Bledsoe with Frothy Monkey. And before you hit that, let me go to the next podcast that I want to listen to, even if it's not Coffee 101 thing that you're about to do. Go tell a friend about Coffee 101. Text him. Text him. Text him right now. FaceTime. Yeah. Do something. Send them a carrier pigeon. DM. All right. Love y'all. See you next time on Coffee 101.